Hi, I'm Marcy Lundy. Today is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. <laughs> and this is the Cult of Kindness podcast. Uh, I have a problem saying that sometimes because it's not actually the 12th. It will be the 12th when you hear this, but uh, you catch me looking at the calendar and the other person laughs because <laughs> it's not the 12th. <laughs> but welcome. Uh, my guest this week, I'm very happy to have on uh, White House correspondent Simon Atiba. Yes, Simon Atiba. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you did better than many people, most people. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, Simon, thank you so much for being on. I know you're very busy uh, and I really appreciate you joining the Cult of Kindness audience. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad I'm here and thank you for the opportunity. I don't feel like I'm that big of a celebrity. So (laughs) yeah, I'm glad I'm here and I hope we can have a beautiful discussion today. I think we will. Uh, in our uh, chats back and forth prior to this year, so mild-mannered and sweet, I think that um, the most successful people in the world are that way, you know, because they aren't going around thinking so much of themselves. They're just doing their job, you know, what they're meant to do in the world. So that's good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Of course. So I reached out to Simon and uh, the book of the month for April is, oh no, there's a reminder for Jeopardy that (laughs) just came on. (laughs) Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear a background noise. (laughs) I would have unplugged Alexa, but completely forgot about that. So um, this is live. So that's what happens sometimes. So our book of the month for Cult of Kindness for April is The War for Kindness by Jamil Zakai. And uh, I thought it would be a good book of the month to, you know, speak about what you, Simon, because um, in your field, I feel like empathy and kindness uh, sometimes gets lost in the mix uh, just to get to the most important story, you know. Uh, to get the story reported first, or, you know, people just kind of forget, uh, let's call it their home training, you know, just to get news out there. Uh, So I was wondering if you could tell the Cult of Kindness audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started in your line of work. Yeah, and and I like what you said at the beginning, Uh, you know, when I started my journalism, I was born in Cameroon, in mm-hmm. West Africa, and Cameroon was colonized by France and the UK. Okay. And so you have 80% of people who speak English, and you have 20% of people who speak 80% of people who speak French, oh. and then you have 20% of people who speak English. And I was born in Cameroon, I grew up there and as a teen, I moved from Cameroon to Nigeria in West Africa. Okay. I moved there because, um, you know, I love adventure. And mm-hmm. I felt like Nigeria was a better place for me to learn to speak English. But it was, uh, it became really a second country for me. Okay. And 
and and I'm glad that you said what you said at the top. Uh, that in journalism, you know, so when I got to the newsroom the first day, my very first day when I got to the newsroom, uh, my editor called me and said. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> my, my editor called me and said two thieves have been arrested in an area not far from the newsroom oh. and they've been they are being burned alive and with their hands tied behind their back and their backs and and I needed to go and cover it. Oh my and, god. And so I got there and I had these folks who were being burned alive and people were watching. And that was my first story, the very first day in the newsroom. Oh my and, God. And after that, usually when I cover an event, as you, and if I tell my editor, um, there was an accident. And usually they ask me, how many people died? And if I say, oh, no one died, they say, okay, there's no story. And wow. Yeah, if I say 20 people just died, was it breaking news? And that's the story, right? And mm -hmm. as you grow up in the profession, you become called, you just go by the fact, the biggest story, the most sensational story, yeah. and, you know, so things yeah. like that. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I mean, I know a lot of people who actually search for their news instead of watching the news because they don't want to deal with just what the station considers popular. They wanna see everything that's happening. Um, I also wanna talk about effective altruism and what effective altruism is, is a social movement and philosophy focused on maximizing the good you can do in your career projects or you know, any given life decision. So you know, on the heels of what you just said about your first story, how does that feel personally when uh, they, if they tell you, oh, if no one's been killed, that's not a story. What does that do to you internally, like your natural character? Yeah, I felt really on that particular day, the first day at the office and having to witness people being burned alive and in front of a police station. And and we had hundreds of people who were cheering and people were justifying it, you know, they are thieves and they don't really deserve sympathy and they might have done it before, so they have to be killed. And, and so it affected me and I couldn't really do much because, you know, you can't defend them when you have a mob and you have hundreds of people saying that they deserve to die and as these people were being burned alive with, um, and we had people out hitting them. Yeah. And so it, it, I felt really sad. I felt when I went back to the office to my boss, I'm like, oh my God, this was horrible. And my boss was like, you know, that's life can be messy and, and journalism can be messy, it can be sad, it can be bad, but that's the job, that's the profession. You will see more than that. You will see um, uh, people being killed. You will see horrible things and you need to get used to them. And at a, it, it, 
it affects you so much that to the extent that after some time you like when you go out to cover a story you just focus on the fact how many people died uh, and then you say hey breaking news accident in this place 30 people dead two injured um you know, and then you blame someone because usually stories have three parts. You have mm. the victim, the hero, and the villain. And who do you want to make the victim? And who is the victim? The government. No, no who is the, the villain? The government. Who is the victim? The people who died. Who is the hero? Maybe the police officer who showed up. And so it becomes just a story. It becomes just numbers. It becomes... Mm-hmm. It, it is not really about people, right? Those are people who have, who had lives and and family and children and and people who care about them. They were mothers and brothers and sisters, but that becomes uh, just like the story of COVID. You say mm-hmm. how many people have died? We right. say eight hundred thousand people have died, and then we move on, right? And we move on. Yeah. Is, uh, and that's the same thing that is happening in Ukraine. To say, oh, it was a, 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 a Russian strike and 30 people were killed and 300 people were killed. And, and then we just move on. And, and the next day we have more atrocities. And it becomes just about these people were killed, Russia invaded this place. And we don't take time to really go back to tell their stories and to see them as people and to see them as people with uh, with lives and with family members, with loved ones, with people who really care about them, with relationships they built over the years. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, which is really sad. How do you shape that? Uh, after years of doing it, are you just able to become like robotic or you never really shake it you just go forward yeah so uh, if care is not taken you become a robot mm-hmm. you just become a guy doing a job uh, you know just doing your job and mm-hmm. you don't really pay attention to the people right mm-hmm. and that can be messy life uh, and then you also deal with personal issues and mm-hmm and heartbreaks and, mm-hmm. and, and and so all those things you just do your job but you need to like make a conscious decision to stop and say hey you know I I need to regain my sanity I need to regain some sympathy and, right. you know and I need to become more uh, I need to find that empathy in me Um, And I need to see these people not just as numbers and I need to see them as people, including the, you know, the, the, the person who is being seen as a villain, you know, Mm. we need to see them as they are also people, they may also be the victim of the same society, you know. Uh, And so, yeah, I think it has to be, uh, you get to a certain stage where you have to make a conscious decision to say, I will, I will become more empathetic and that, rather than just doing a job. 
Right. I think um, it's very fair to be able to also see the person that is the villain uh, as a person um, that probably ends up, you know, so that the general audience can hear fair reporting, you know, because you have no bias one way or another, which I'm sure is helpful. Yeah, exactly. And it's also about, you know, the same thing with immigrants. So like mm-hmm. I, I was born in Cameroon, spent time in Nigeria, and I've always been a foreigner, right? Like mm-hmm. I get to this new country, there's a new culture. And and so while I'm still trying to learn the old culture, there's this new culture, like, hey, wait a second, I'm still, I'm new. I'm, I'm still trying mm-hmm. to understand where things stand. And, and so you realize that usually when we see immigrants, some people see them as nuisance, as people who just move in and we don't really see the people, the them. like we don't give them the benefit of humanity, right? Yes. The same way with some people being killed, like police or people being like, we don't, we don't, people who are different than us, who can be white and black and, and brown. And we, if we can see people as human beings who deserve to be treated with care and love and dignity, we, we will approach things differently. And it happens even in love, right? Like relationship. Yes. Imagine yes. a guy comes to you and you don't like him. He's mm-hmm. short, he's tall. He's fat, he's slim, he's dark, okay. he's fair. He's not maybe your type. Right. But, but how do you see him? Do you see him as a human being? Do you, do you treat him with dignity even when you say no to him? Or do you trash him? Do you, do you hurt him so bad that he, he loses all sense of dignity and all sense of love and care? And the next time, you know, he doesn't know how he retreats. Yes. He doesn't know how to approach people anymore. He doesn't know how to love anymore. And then he treats, eventually may end up treating people really badly. And in the society, we don't take time to really understand what happened to this particular individual. And we yes. see a guy who doesn't know. And the same thing with women, right? Like right. If, if you go, you see a guy, and you're like, hey, I like this guy. And you say, hey, I like you. And he treats you so bad because in our society, women rarely make or are not, in quote, are not supposed to make the first move. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you are bold and you see something that you like and you go to him and you're like, hey, you know, I like you, you look great. Um, how does he treat you? Does he treat you with care? Does he believe you are so cheap and, you know, um, and so she's so cheap and I'm just going to, you know, have fun with her and trash her. Uh, I won't respect her because she came to me first. And in doing that, she goes out and she, you completely change the way she sees life and love and care. And now yeah. the, next, the next guy who comes, she doesn't treat him with the same love and dignity because she's been broken. Yes. And, and that's what I like about the book, you know, because the central theme of the book is, is that uh, in our society, sometimes uh, 
kindness is seen as weakness. Yes. And and, and, and you see so much in relationship. Uh, like, you know, the there's a guy online who says he has all the answers. He tells mm-hmm. guys, hey, you can have the woman that you want. I'm going to give you five keys. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this guy has all the keys. And he says, key number one, don't be a kind, nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he says, women say it, that they love nice guys. But if you're a nice guy, what they do to you is they say, well, I like you, you're a nice guy. You're going to a friend zone, not really in a relationship zone. He said, do not be deceived. I've seen this, I'm this old, I've seen it in life. And and I'm giving you, and and so uh, I don't totally agree with the guy, but mm-hmm. we, we tend to go for the bad guy or the bad girl or the, you know, the more, uh, even on Twitter, on the social media, is was the headline in the, during the Oscars. Uh-huh. The about this guy, we slapped this guy and that becomes the news, but the, we have so many other things. So uh, who people who want the, 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 the award for the first time. Yeah. People who did so much, so well, and so so many great things, and now we don't talk about them because, you know, in in our society right now, it has to be so bold and infuriate. It has to be so loud and so yes. like it has to be the extreme, right? If you are right. not one of those extremes, and then you don't make the headline, like yeah. see your podcast, it. You are doing something great. You are talking to people, all kinds of people, including uh, ordinary people like myself. Right. And you bring us on the show and we talk about life. But if you want to be on all the top shows and maybe on Fox and CNN and all the top MSNBC and all, all the top magazine, it has to be maybe a big scandal, right? You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that you are not there doesn't mean you're not doing something great. And it's the yeah. same to be the people who are listening to us now, right? Okay. They, they go to work every day, they do amazing things, but yes. the society sometimes doesn't really recognize them because our society wants you to do something extremely bold, extremely extreme, <laughs> like slapping someone during the Oscars <laughs> and, and you have two million or two billion people watching and oh my God, how can he do this? And, and then we go on and on, let's analyze the slap. How did he slap? When did the slap happen? <laughs> Is he apologizing? Has he not? And and so we have, and then it it goes on and on and on. Yes. The ordinary people, the people who do the right thing, who are quiet, who are not loud, who are not bold, they they get lost in the crowd. Completely. You know, the first first time I was was, um, uh, on on a big TV on Fox. Okay. And the first time I was on Fox mm-hmm. uh, last year, that was because of a clash that I had with, you know, the- Oh, yeah. The yeah. 
and and so and I had all these people inviting me, and I had like five, six, seven calls at the same time. Do you want to be on the show? Oh my God! Oh my God! It's horrible, but you know I've been there. I've been doing my job for years, and mm-hmm. and going to that place and asking questions about you know the ordinary people. What do you do for Africa? What do you do for these people? And how can you help these people? What you know, so you do it every day and no one ever comes to you to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you've been doing a great job, be on the yes. show. But then um, when something is really big and scam- scandalous and and then you have all these people inviting you and everyone wants to talk to you because that's how, and I, I'm not blaming them. That's right. how society is. Like we, we like conflict. We like, that's yes. what Facebook does also, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest post on Facebook that have the most shares, it should be either extremely funny or extremely, um, uh, it should be a big conflict and people disagree and someone trashing someone. And, yes. and so it becomes really hard for the people in the middle where most people are. Most people mm-hmm. are actually not on the extremes. Most people are right in the middle, right? They, exactly. They do their job. They, yeah. they are also good people and great people and kind people. But yes. we don't recognize them. We don't give them the platform to express. And so it looks like we have only all these horrible people in the news, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. It's true. Well, yes, like I, you have a very impressive career and I'm so glad you are talking about this because like I wrote notes but you you have it covered totally and it brings tears to my eyes because uh just when I google you exactly what this book talks about the things that are quote-unquote controversial you know you ask questions that are not radical questions you're asking simple questions and you know, when someone would go to look you up, these are the things that they will see first instead of your actual credible, wonderful work. Yeah. And to see, like last week you were sending me, you know, the videos of when you were asking about the slap, you know, and, you know, you would think you asked the most terrible question on earth. And, <laughs> you know, it was like you asked completely calm. It wasn't dramatic. And you brought up such a good point about um, just people like when you're an immigrant, unfortunately, I mean, we're all immigrants and people act as though some are not and some are. And I wanted to ask you, because when I see this footage of you or just go on Twitter and, you know, see the things that people say, you have the right to say that, but I see it as just really making a mountain out of a molehill and how does that feel like do you do you feel like okay they're targeting me because I'm an immigrant because I have an accent you know otherwise this wouldn't even matter yeah so um you know it's really hard you get to the White House for the first time people don't have you know what they say in Washington like the journalism voice right is you is the ABC voice and the CNN voice and Fox mm-hmm. voice. You shouldn't. You can have an accent, right? You right. And so, um, 
and then I'm there in the same briefing room. I have an accent. I started by speaking my my mother tongue, and then I spoke French, and then switched from French to English. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm confused. I don't know what I speak anymore. Um, I tried to speak like you and like mm -hmm. other people here, and I got exhausted. Right? I realized, oh man, I can't, I can't do this. So I will hear me and and speak uh, just be me and and that's what I do in the briefing room I just um, you know ask questions so uh, sometimes people target you because you sound different because uh, and talking about that question like you know and that that was you know people completely forgot that I've been there for years and mm -hmm. asking really great questions and they made fun of me. I was, for the first time, I was on Jimmy Kimmel's show and people were laughing. I was on videos were watched by, videos of me asking the question were watched by two million people, millions of people. I had all these articles and people were asking, who is this guy? He's probably dumb. How can he ask such a question? And they asked me, and they told me, don't quit your day job. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and so, yes, um, sometimes when you are different, when you sound different uh, than others, you may be targeted. And But people just like controversy. They like um, anything that is controversial, explosive, the extreme, and, you know, violent and stuff like that. But if you are moderate and you just live your life, you do your podcast and you try to talk to people like me um, and then it's, it's, it's just like maybe 500,000 people listening. Yes. But if you bring an explosive figure, right, then mm -hmm. you say really outrageous things and then that becomes the big, thing and everyone talks about it and you're like hey i've been here i've been doing this and yeah. and so which is really unfortunate right like it that's is. what that's what people get to see that's what people get to know yeah. which is really sad it is really sad i mean you know like even with this podcast uh if i had a screenshot and like in the middle of us laughing you know someone might be like oh, look, they were yelling at each other. It's two Black people yelling. You know, it's like, <laughs> instead of what, you know, the positive thing it's meant to be, people are always looking for destruction. Yeah. Um, in the book, they talk about how empathy uh, in the last 20 years has decreased significantly. And it's largely due to people just being in love with tech and social media um, creating anonymous accounts and just, you know, saying the most crude thing ever, uh, whether it's their own accounts or just creating an account specifically for that. In your line of work, how does that, or I should say, does that prevent you from asking things that you may uh, truly want to get to the public or, you know, want to ask for yourself? Or do you feel like, you know, that's going to happen regardless. I'm going to continue to be the journalist that I have always been. Yeah, it, it can be really 
hard, right? Like at the beginning, you want to establish yourself. You mm-hmm. want to read the news. You want to also uh, capture some attention because what is unseen is unknown. And, and so you go there, you, you play in quote the game of asking the questions and, and you try to make sure people know your name, right? You don't want to get lost in the crowd. And, yeah. But as you progress in the profession, you begin to ask really serious questions. Was my role as a journalist, am I just there to write the breaking news and another bad thing just happened. Someone was just killed. Another person was just killed and another person was just killed. And or do you want to take a make a conscious decision to really uh, really see people as people because that's to me that's where empathy and kindness come from. Yes. You know, see people as you, yourself, yes. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes not see people as below me, uglier than me, not sounding like me, not educated right. as me, uh, not as rich as me, not, mm-hmm. uh, that's how we see people and that's what makes people to lose that sense of empathy. Uh, yes. If I'm a someone from a different race or I sound different how do you see me do you see me as maybe this guy doesn't have a brain maybe he doesn't think very well or do you see me as just different you know having a different experience and having a just like I was just born in a different place and I have a different accent it doesn't change that I can I can I can be nice to people and kind to people and and i can still have that empathy that kindness it doesn't it doesn't make me more intelligent because i sound the way educated and smart and and you know powerful people should sound and right. i just am different i just have a different background but i think uh, 80% of the time when we decide uh, how to relate to people with people. We do it based on appearances, right? Like um, we don't see people as people. Harishi, when I saw you first, you look you look beautiful. That's I said to myself, she's beautiful, she's amazing, she's intelligent. (laughs) But but what if you look different? What if you you didn't have um, you were not as in in quote as intelligent as I in quote again, have I the society expect someone who does podcasts? What right. if you what if you didn't have your hair made and you mm-hmm. what if you like what if you just look appear different? And yeah. and so when you look when you appear different, people treat you differently, right? Yes. And so you have that drive to look gorgeous, that drive, and we do all kinds of things, you know, yeah. to to be. And just to give you a personal story, for yeah. almost 10 years, I used to wear glasses. Okay. And so one day I couldn't see, I, used, I was still living in Cameroon and I mm-hmm. couldn't see very well. And I went to the doctor and they said, hey, you know, you can correct it, but you need to wear glasses. They did all the tests and they gave me those glasses and I began to wear them. 
and I began to see really well. Mm -hmm. But just as I was about to remove them, a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous lady told me, oh my God, you look so handsome with you. <laughs> and, and, and I said, and I removed them and she said, no, 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 put them back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so for the next 10 years, mm -hmm. I kept those glasses on. Wow. Even though, even though I, I could see very well, I wow. didn't have a major problem. And and how many people are like me? How many people keep masks on? A friend of mine, when I told her this story, she told me she used to have a plate, a broken plate, mm -hmm. and someone told her she's she's she's, a, she's an amazing person. She's okay. white. She's white and black, but right. she had a similar experience. We had okay. different, totally different backgrounds. Right. But so she had this broken plate and and someone told her, hey, you know what? You're a single lady. And if you you need, you can appear to be too perfect. If you have, um, you need to have this broken plate and people, when guys come in, they understand you are not that perfect. You can make mistakes. And so she kept that plate for more than 10 years. Oh, she wow. just, and when I was telling her my own story, she told me she just got rid of that plate after mm -hmm. 10 years because wow. she realized, you know, uh, so how many people wear glasses they're not supposed to wear? How many yes. people wear dresses because someone they really like or someone they really respect told them something nice? Yes. And those people have moved. I can't, I don't know where that person is right now. We didn't keep in touch. But mm -hmm. what she told me, because I found her to be my friend and gorgeous and beautiful, mm -hmm. and she told me I look so handsome with my glasses <laughs> on, and I kept it 10 years after she said those things. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's how we live. We keep masks on. We are influenced by what people tell us. And she didn't mean bad, right? She didn't mean right. bad. She, she was just, a, you know, someone telling me something that I really liked. And yeah, yes, I th yes, we're all moving through the world doing something similar, and uh, it's sad in one regard because you find yourself wondering how many people that you meet uh, do you give the opportunity to actually meet who they truly are because uh, they either have the glasses on or women have on wigs, you know, now men can get uh, fake beards. I mean, you know, like, yeah. this, <laughs> this is stuff if you personally want to do it, great. But that people feel like they can't go through the world and be taken seriously, or even advance in their career, unless they have these things. I think that that's just very sad to think that our society is that way. But it's so true. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I didn't finish the story. So <laughs> this year, when I was able to accept me as me, as I am, okay. and say, hey, you know what? I have this voice, I have this accent, mm -hmm. I have this height, I have this yeah. race and color, and I don't really need these glasses. Yes. And I need to get rid of them. And so when I was about to remove them, I called <laughs> friends. I would send them pictures to say, how do you see me? Can I? <laughs> I'm sorry. So eventually I, <clears throat> I'm sorry. 
Mm -hmm. Eventually, I was able to remove them and realize, and that was the biggest thing that I've done. Wow. 15 years. The biggest oh, wow. thing is not for me is not the house, is not the car, is not even my job. I'm doing well. You mm -hmm. know, I'm great. Uh, you Google my name, Simon Ateba, and then you find stuff about me. People invite me for parties. I go everywhere. I'm really glad with the job. But even as I was glad with my professional life, I still had those that mask on. And mm -hmm. And I had to get rid of them to rid of it to find a really complete freedom. And once I removed them, people accept me. People, those people don't even know I ever wore glasses and they just right. accept me. Some people don't accept me, but there's some people who say, okay, no, I don't like this guy. And some people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that was the biggest thing. And and I think that's how we work around. We have, we have the wigs, we have the glasses, we have the clothes that are too tight. I used to wear one big, <laughs> I used to wear one big trouser. And, uh -huh. and so I was dating this girl and one day, she never said anything to me. She was an amazing doctor. She was intellectual, I like her. She looks beautiful. And I've been lucky to have had really friends who were extremely beautiful and smart and intelligent yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. And then one day we had a problem and, and we ha it had to do with my I was messy. I went to the bathroom and I didn't, you know, I had this shower and then there was water on the ground. Then, you know, women don't take it. They don't accept it. Like, you right. need to be clean. You need to. And, and so when she came in, she's like, wow, you, I mean, you left the bathroom messy. You need to clean it. <laughs> and, and, and then she told me, and why do you even wear big trousers? <laughs> And that was that came from nowhere. And I, I didn't get upset. I began to laugh. And yeah. the reason I was wearing those big trousers because I felt I was slim, I was small, and I needed to augment it with, you know, the big clothes and the big. So how many people do that? How many people smoke because they want to belong? How many people don't really like drinking, but they drink because they want to belong? And yeah. the, I, I have nothing against, you know, yeah. someone having yeah, I drink, but do you do because um, do you do it because uh, everyone does it? And you know, um, you know, mm -hmm. I found myself sometimes also doing that. You know, I go to a bar, I don't really drink, and yeah. I'm with this friend, and she's like, "What do you want, Simon?" I'm like, "Oh, usually I take cocktail, but no, just cocktail, sweet one. No, take something. Uh, do you want something stronger?" And and I end up saying, "Yeah, yeah," and and so. <laughs> Even though I've overcome all these things in life, even though I am so confident right now and I have a great career, I, I, I can take care of myself and I take care of other people. Um, mm -hmm. I even pay other people to do some work for me, even mm -hmm. though I've achieved those things. But mm -hmm. I still have all these things that I have to deal with, things that have to do with my past and what people mm -hmm. told me. And, 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 and I have to say this, a lot of the things that you keep for a long time mm -hmm. were not said to you by the people who didn't like you. 
they were actually said to you by the people who liked you and True. told you something nice about you and you keep it. And yeah. now you can get rid of it and you now have a mask for 25 years because yes. someone. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we end up retaining information. Uh, 40 people can tell us something nice. One person tells us something we don't know that person. <laughs> that sticks with us for years sometimes. <laughs> but it is nice when people who we know, you know, tell us something and it helps us positively. Oh my gosh, Simon. I seriously, I am looking at these notes, but I don't have to refer to them because we covered everything wonderfully. Um, you're such a breath of fresh air. Um, is there any way that you would like individuals to follow you or, uh, because like I said, you do wonderful work. Um, and I think that that should be highlighted more than things that people pick out that are just minuscule and not important. So usually I'm not, I become a business person, right? <laughs> when I become a business person, I say, okay, you know, you can go to today news and subscribe. <laughs> and so, but you can follow me on Twitter, right? At Simon Ateba, uh, Simon S-I-M-O-N-A-T-E-B-A. Or you can follow me on LinkedIn, the same thing, Simon Ateba, or on Facebook. You can also subscribe to our website and, you know, um, you know, to read, to gain access to our premium content. And, but I just, I want to end this by saying a big thank you to you. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you're doing an amazing work. Mm -hmm. I, I listened to some of your past podcasts you may not be, uh, you may not have 1 billion people listening to you right now, mm -hmm. but uh, you are doing this, you are giving a voice to people. And, and even if there's just one person out there who can, you know, gain something, like we don't, we often think that we gain knowledge at once, but it comes in, you know, it, it comes in a, in different ways. So if, just one person can listen to your podcast and gain something that's all you can transform your life you can and and i think you are doing that and i want to encourage you to just keep doing it and keep doing the right thing and keep bringing kindness and love and care to to the people oh thank you so much simon yeah um i'm just one woman trying but uh that's all we can do put our mark on the world and decide how we want to show up in the world. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Simon. Uh, everyone, you heard him, you know where to find him. I'll also include the links to all of Simon's uh, sites in the podcast on different social media sites where I'll promote this. Simon, thank you so much again. Uh, how do you pronounce your first name? Marcy? Marcy, did I call it right? Yeah, that was it, Marcy, yeah. Marcy, okay. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank, Thank you, so Simon. Much. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. I'm grateful. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.